Good morning, I'm Dave Bittner, and welcome to Safety Unlocked, the morning podcast, where we talk about today's current events and safety events. Unfortunately, Tim Newbauer is unable to make it today, and it'll just be me and Craig. And I'm Craig Edwards. Today is October 2nd. Today is October 2nd. And thanks, Craig, because <laughs> I was lost. Today's Monday, October 2nd, 2023. Craig, what's going on today? Um, well, <clears throat> it's really weird ones, but you know, hey, it, it's all good. National produce National Produce Misting Day. It's where they spray the <laughs> misting. It's where they they have the little uh, sprayers that that keep the produce, and I hate this I, word, I, moist. Yeah, is it with that word? I I, I know what that is, but is somebody uh, actually it, so fascinated by that that they gave it a day? Uh, you know, <laughs> I think there's a lot of people with a lot of time on their hands, and they come up with these things because. Today is, also nas- yes, today is also <laughs> National Name Your Car Day. Name Your Car Day. Well, I think everybody does that when you're younger. I, I don't do it anyway. I, I don't name my car. It's, you know. Yeah. It's yeah, my car. I, I, my car yeah. is named Toyota Fenza. Well, it is toilet seat, remember? So. Yes. The Japanese. <laughs> yeah. So I drive um, around in my toilet seat. <laughs> uh, you know that's a little probably a little t- TMI for the team. <laughs> it's also we'll, we'll give it a food topic. Uh, National Fried Scallops Day. I like scallops. I don't know if I like them. Well, I get yeah, fried. I guess fried, but not, not breaded. So you know, well that's, that's how they show. The that, that's how they show them. They're breaded uh, and in a cast iron uh, frying pan. So. Yeah, no, but it's not like I'll go out of my way to get scallops either. So, yeah, I hear you. You know, I'd probably be a little leery to to go to a um, a potluck and somebody has some scallops out because <laughs> you never know. Uh, did you cook them long enough and at the right temperature? Because one sixty five seems to be the magic number when it comes to cooking um, any type of. Uh, 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 meat product all right yeah, so and, and if they're not cooked right you can bounce them you know they bounce like super balls <laughs> I, so if they're overcooked so, they get really rubbery <clears throat> if i if i learned nothing today i learned that scallops bounce <laughs> okay um so real no easy way to segue into today's topic which is powered industrial trucks so what is a powered industrial truck? Powered industrial truck, well, mostly forklifts and things that move things. And uh, well, they can have that. They they can have variable fronts, but mostly you would think of forklift off the bed. And you know whether you're in general industry or construction, powered industrial trucks um, do come in um, extremely useful. Um, when today's point you're moving product from point A to point B. Uh, I think Tim mentioned on a, a different uh, podcast at one time that, you know, 
while Dave is a, a strong individual, uh, forklift is stronger uh, and is able to move the material without injuring itself. And it can work 24 hours a day, typically, um, whereas Dave needs time off. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of time off, getting to be more all the time. Yeah. And I don't get yeah. it. What, what's the deal? Yeah. Right. It, the, there's a, there's no mystery there. Um, so when it comes to powered industrial trucks, what what should we do? Um, so I start my work day today. Uh, I go in. Today's my day to operate the, the, the forklift, the PIT. What's the first thing I do before I get on that bad boy? Besides have coffee. Um, <laughs> yes. Now that you've had your now that you've had your coffee, you you will take out your uh, your inspection form. You should be doing a, a thorough inspection of your PIT slash forklift to make sure that it is fully operable, and safe, and ready to use for the day or shift. Or correct. So, and and you brought up shift. So when when my shift is over. Um, and second or third shift or first shift comes on uh, and someone else is going to operate that PIT. Can they just hop on it and go? They should also do their own inspection before they get on it for for many reasons. One of the obvious ones, if you don't want to do it for your own safety, well, you know, what What if the other guy dinged it up? <laughs> That's so, that, that very true. You know, so. Of course, you should do it for, you know, for safety's sake, you know, because some of the important things are, you know, making sure that the seatbelt works, and the forks are attached right or whatever attachment you have is on there, right? That the, the hoses are working and uh, chains and a a anything that could, could break and hurt somebody. Backup alarm so people can hear you. All those things, all the things, Greg. All the things. So you, you brought up attachments. Um, are uh, forks are forks themselves considered attachments? They are. They are considered attachments, and your forklift has to be rated for said attachment. That's correct. And if I, uh, you know, and some other uh, attachments could be a rotator, um, side shift. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, from way back in, in my, uh, uh, work experience, uh, drum grabbers, um, which would attach to the forks and <clears throat> the ones that I used, there are actually ones that attach directly to the carriage, but the ones that I used would attach to the end of the forks. And then you just tighten down a, uh, Blackbird term a set screw and then go over there and and it would uh, uh, wrap around the drum and then you would lift lift the drum up uh, there was a, a lot of back and forth with certain individuals um, in, in a uh, place I used to work um, in a certain location that did not believe that those uh, uh, drum grabbers were considered an attachment. So in order for an attachment to be, uh, you know, in order, you know, at least in my mind, if it's something that can affect the, the balance of the center of gravity uh, or the operation, safe operation of that fork truck or that, excuse me, that 
forklift or PIT, um, then you would need to have, um, it would need to be considered an attachment. And how do we document the attachments that we're allowed to use on a particular forklift? That's a good question. I think you may have me stumped on this one. Um, I know you should, uh, it, it should be uh, by the manufacturer, you should have uh, you should have documentation that that the forklift is rated. Um, I don't know if that's written or do they did they actually put a plate on the forklift? They, I think they, they do. It, it's actually required uh, to have. Um, I've heard it called a rating plate, down rating plate, um, <clears throat> attachment plates. Um, but basically, you have to list each attachment. Um, that uh, that forklift has been uh, authorized to use or has been tested, right? And you do go through the manufacturer uh, for those attachments. Um, you can buy aftermarket, for lack of a better term, uh, instead of using uh, original equipment manufacturer attachments. But a lot of forklift manufacturers um, get a little gun shy, shall we say, to approve an attachment that they didn't manufacture. Um, now, do you always have to go through your um, through your manufacturer? No, you can actually uh, have a uh, have an engineer um, review the uh, attachment review the forklift specifications and then give you a uh, a letter that states that you can use that attachment on that forklift and then you can uh, get a, a plate uh, uh, update your rating plate uh, accordingly so so Craig what about those what about those fork extenders do those count as an attachment because I see them used an awful lot does it affect the ability of the forklift to uh, when it comes to to lifting, um, does it affect uh, its ability to safely lift whatever it is it's trying to lift? That you know, the, to me, it's it's like um, common sense. If it's going to shift the uh, the center of gravity, and because you want it, you want to make sure that whatever you're lifting, that your your fork your truck is rated for a specific weight and we all know the further away from the vehicle the further you shift the center of gravity it gets further it gets it moves further forward and those of you who are better at physics than i am may be like whoa hey now wait a minute um but to uh, in layman's terms if it goes onto a forklift and is not um part of that forklift you would need to contact the manufacturer to verify if it is indeed an attachment i would say yes and i would say i would tell uh, the individual or the organization that's using it uh, to reach out to their uh, equipment manufacturer to um, get a rating for it so they can update their plate so what you're saying is that the uh the length of the fulcrum changes the the moment arm. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> and all the physics people are going, that's not right. 
he's a knucklehead. He's trying to talk about stuff he doesn't know. No, it, it actually does. So, so your your, your fulcrum point um, changes by the at the length at the length of your lead. So, yeah. Um, so if you move the load far forward, um, you get a lot more leverage to pick up the back of that forklift. So if it's not heavy enough on the counterweight, yeah, you could go boom. Yes, and um, I've seen that before where someone tried to lift, too, and, and just with the regular forks, uh, tried to lift too heavy a load, and it wasn't, it, it was a long time ago, um, and it wasn't with the company you and I used to work with. Um, and watching the back end of the forklift go up, and I'm like, and, and this was when I was an environmental professional. <laughs> I whistle really loudly, get that person's attention, tell them to lower the thing. It's like, I, I don't think that's a very safe thing to do. You're obviously, uh, ex, you know, exceeding this forklift's ability to lift that thing you're trying to lift. Um, so what you're and, saying is that the, the height of the load changes the way it acts on the forklift. Is that what you're saying? Well, no, the load was too large. It was too heavy. Okay. And when they tried to lift it, the fork the fork truck went up. The, the rear end uh, went up. I see. I see. And I'm like, I don't understand how that's possible, but I know that's not safe. <laughs> and I'm not and I wasn't a safety professional back then. I'm just like, hey, hey, time out, time out. Um, so but what other things can we do with the with the forklift that uh, would require because uh, we talked about boom extenders uh, or uh, forklift extenders. We talked about rotators, side shifters. Uh, what if we put a man basket um, on our forklift? <laughs> Dave's shaking his head. No, no, <laughs> no man baskets. But I, I, I see them for sailing. That. I see them for sale in all kinds of. Uh, industrial supplier catalogs yeah let's put some boxes on there man baskets are a no-no a big no-no i would concur there's there uh you're completely out of control the person in the basket has absolutely no control over what is taking place on the ground um and for someone like me not having that kind of control is uh uh, is definitely a big no-no. Um, so that's correct. Um, what could you use in lieu of uh, a forklift with a man basket? In lieu of a forklift, well, you mean oh, to get to get up there? How, how about let's just use something that's made for it, like a like an aerial lift. I know. Um, you know, perhaps a ladder if it's safe. Um, you know, there's a, there, there are a lot of alternatives. It doesn't have to be a man basket. How about a scissor lift? You know, there, there, there are many things made for this. I think a lot of times it's just easier to say, oh, it's less expensive to get this man basket to throw on the forklift we already have. Um, if you don't use it that much, it's not that it's not even more expensive to go rent one from, you know, your rental your local rental agency. Let's not give anybody a plug here, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Um, so what about that st stability triangle? Let's talk about that a little bit, the stability triangle. So, Craig, tell, yeah. tell us some things about why the stability triangle is important. Well, okay, and now it's your turn to stop me because I, I have not done a forklift training in quite some time nor have I taken one in quite some time. So I'm, I'm looking, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the stability triangle in my mind and in the standard. Um, and I, I'm completely stumped, Dave. You're going to have to answer the question yourself. <laughs> so basically, if you look at the stability triangle, you know, the point of the triangle is in the front. So imagine a piece of pizza or an a, a, a Imperial destroyer from Star Wars, either one, uh, whatever you prefer. <laughs> They're actually the same. That's where Lucas got the idea, you know, uh, while eating pizza. Um, I digress. Uh, so if you if you look at if you look at that the triangle and the, the front being the point, basically what it's saying is those those are your points of stability. So the, the rear is the most stable. Right. So the widest part of the triangle and the point is the least stable and you want to stay inside that triangle with your load. So if you deviate from that triangle in any direction too much, the forklift can tip. Um, that's kind of a simplification, but that that is what the stability triangle is about. So you want to you want to learn to keep that load and keep that that point of that triangle going in the direction of the load and not got to get far outside of it or you know you can have a tip over incident. Um and there's another question. So what do we do if we're in the forklift Craig and we go outside the stability triangle and we start to tip over? Um <clears throat> now I do remember this from when I used to train um you you ride you ride it out um that that roll cage is designed uh to protect uh the operator don't correct uh, you stay you stay inside don't you know don't flow your arms around hold on to the steering wheel and we sincerely hope that you're wearing your seatbelt when this occurs Never try and jump from any kind of uh, powered industrial truck or anything that you're operating uh, that's designed for you to be inside uh, because it is designed to protect you. Correct, because, you know, if you if you jump out, the forklift just lands on top of you. Um, there's no time to jump out and roll away. You're not going to clear the distance. I mean, this is just this is just the the real physics of the matter. Um, if your seatbelt is on and and you do panic, chances are, by the time that tips, you're not going to have a chance to take it off anyway, right? You're not you're not that fast, even though you might think you are, Ricochet Rabbit. You're not that fast, um, so. <laughs> <laughs> the younger people are going, what's ricochet rabbit? Um, but, you know, the fact is that it's, it's it's another deterrent to keep you from, you know, in that panic state from from getting out of that forklift, which is going to protect you, like Craig said, by the cage that's made for that that type of that type of incident. Um, 
So what ha- what happens on forklifts? What kind of what kind of accidents or incidents or occur on forklifts that you've seen? You seen any doozies? I bet you have, Craig. Um, I've seen some um, forks that uh, penetrated walls. Um, that um, the wall was close to the employee break room. Um, I've seen forklifts take out, uh, doors, um, door frames. Um, I saw, and this was, um, one individual, uh, two separate, uh, incidents took out while the mast was raised, while the, the forks are in the, or the mast is in the raised position, took out an overhead, uh, garage door. You just seen that down. once because I've seen that one a lot. Yeah. Well, <laughs> either I mean, knocked I saw it out or dented it in. Yeah. No, I completely took it out and then just moved it off to the side like nothing occurred. Uh, the other yeah. one, the the same individual, less than a week later, had um, the forks elevated and struck one of the structural supports, uh, one of the spans. Um, in the roof and hit it so hard that the cameras on the other end of the facility shook. We're talking about a hundred, 120 feet away. Um, individual backed up, dropped the load that they had, which nobody understood why it was so high. Um, dropped the load, then went on about their normal business. Didn't look at the, didn't inspect the, the forklift. It didn't, uh, report. Neither one of those were reported. They were just found. Um, and in those instances, what should we do when someone is observed uh, doing an unsafe act in a forklift? What is what does the standard tell us we're required to do? Stop them, disallow them from operating a forklift, and retrain them before they are allowed to get back on said forklift. That's correct. So uh, a number of things that occurred during that particular um, sequence of events um, wasn't reported. Uh, The vehicle wasn't inspected for any damage because you can imagine what happens if the mast uh, received damage and then you're you're putting it under under stress, lifting something up. Right. Because it's designed to lift heavy things (laughs) that's correct not long after that dave i don't know if you remember this that exact same forklift uh the mast buckled it twisted and and broke and one of the things that they typically lift fell into something else and they didn't have a forklift to get any of it out because that was the only forklift that was working at the time so you know, th- those are the kinds of things. It's like, hey, you know what? Nobody likes to admit they made a mistake, but real, real harm could come from not reporting an incident and uh, uh, reinspecting that piece of equipment or even taking it out of service to verify by a certified uh, uh, technician that it's uh, able to be uh, put back in service. So, yeah, I mean, you look at your medium size uh, forklift PIT and, and you're looking at a, just the counterweight <laughs> is five to six thousand pounds. 
Uh, yep. So you know you're speaking about you know double the weight of your car in in one compact vehicle. Um, so some some important things to think about before we go are remember that a forklift does not turn like a car. A forklift pivots. Um, these are things to think about. Um, and, and back to the the person who who doesn't drive well. Um, a lot of times that has to do with production stress. Um, slow down because you're not going to save enough time to make a difference and you're going to lose a lot of time if you hurt somebody or you damage equipment. Um, if you're using a telescoping forklift, make sure that you use your chart um, and don't go outside the radius on the chart that's provided for you. If the chart is missing, do not operate the 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 forklift, lull, whatever you want to call it, and make sure you use your outriggers when appropriate. Craig, you got anything else before we go? Just um, a couple more things. PITs, we said, you know, it's like we focused on forklifts, but there are other powered industrial trucks out there, battery-operated pallet jacks, Big Joe stackers. Um, if you have any, If you have any concerns or questions about what is or is not a power industrial truck that's where folks like us come in right where we can help you uh, make sure that um, you understand all the equipment that you have and its nomenclature and what your requirements are to uh, operate that equipment safely great shameless plug shameless plug but uh good episode craig thanks a lot um So that wraps up this episode of Safety Unlocked, The Morning Show. I'm Dave Bittner with Craig Edwards, and Tim is out today. Safe travels, Tim. (laughs) Make it a safe day and a safe weekend, or a safe week. Oh, yeah. Thanks, everybody. Safety is everyone's business. (laughs) (laughs) Make it a safe day, everybody. Take care. You have been listening to Safety Unlocked, The Morning Show a podcast for safety people by safety people brought to you by exceed safety a full spectrum consulting firm visit our website at exceedsafety.com or call us at 919-728-SAFE exceed safety llc